this is Dave and this is Hacker Public Radio episode 303. This is being recorded on the way home from work the day before this episode is due. Uh, as usual, sadly, I, I've not done a lot of preparation. In fact, I've, I've been really, really busy and sort of racked my brains as what to talk about. So uh, what you're going to hear is, uh, I don't know, an application that I've recently stumbled upon that I like a little bit. Not tried it a lot. Then I'm going to talk about my computer hardware, my computers at home. And then I may mention a movie that I liked. So, uh, forgive me while I yield to traffic before turning left. So I will proceed. I recently came upon a program called Lotta NZB. It's L-O-T-T-A-N-Z-B. And uh, NZB... I'm not even exactly sure of the exact definition, but it is a file type. Uh, I first heard of this listening to Hacker Public Radio last year, early in Season 1. And I think it was Deep Geek, but I could be mistaken. could have been someone else. I've still not looked that up to see who it was. But I keep crediting Deep Geek for the episode on NZB files. But uh, having been around the Internet for a long time, I was familiar with... Uh, news groups, Usenet, and uh, even had a couple of favorite news readers in the past. And I, I don't use Usenet a lot, but occasionally I still will. And Usenet is a place to find all kinds of stuff. I'll just leave it at that. You can find all kinds of stuff on Usenet. And one of the limitations of news groups is uh, the packet size or the packet, the size of the, the files. So, if you want to download binary files that, that are relatively large, they will be divided up into packages, uh, or you know, or different. The, the the binary itself will be divided up into numerous files. And NZB files are evidently a uh, file type that sort of collects uh, or represents a whole collection of these broken up files. So you don't have to. Scroll up and down in your newsreader looking for all the pieces and right-clicking on and, and saving as or whatever. You know, you, you don't have to do all that. You just use the NZB search engine and you find what you're looking for and you download it. Well, uh, I remember hearing about this on Hacker Public Radio and I wrote down on my to-do list of things to try today, almost a year ago, to try out some NZB stuff. And I never got around to it. Then I found a program called Lotta NZB. And I will put a link in the show notes. It escapes me right now. It's probably like a lot of nzb.com or something. But it is a, if I'm not mistaken, a GTK app. And it allows you to uh, download NZB files. Now, this program, what it wasn't, the one thing that this program uh, didn't do that I thought it would do was allow you to search for NZB files. It does not. You still need to either be a subscriber to an NZB search engine or just use the internet to find them. But once you've found an NZB file, you download it. sort of like downloading a torrent file. It's a small file, and you just open it with a lot of NZB, and it does the rest. So uh, it it sort of removes the newsreader out of the equation. You find the NZB file and you use a lot of NZB to download it. Now, there are some dependencies. RAR is one of them. 
uh, I think it's pronounced Hella NZB is another one. Uh, but you know, if you use a Debian based system, you can download the the deb the the deb file and just do a dpkg i and then the name of the deb deb file, and it will it will bar phone you. It will tell you there are some dependencies missing, and then if you just do a aptitude I think dash f install, it will pull in those dependencies and finish installing the a uh, lot of NZB deb file. Uh, easy as pie. So it's it's a good program. I I like it. Uh, it didn't do everything I thought it would, but uh, it it was it, it did get me off of my rump and onto my to do list for just a little while. And uh, maybe it's worth your while as well. Uh, next, I was going to talk about my computers, and, and I think I may still do that. This will be. I don't know if anybody's done this yet or not. I, I know several people have talked about you know, what they have in their their uh, computer bag or toolkit or backpack or whatever. This is filler, but somebody may be interested in this. I have uh, numerous computers. I have, uh, I think the one that I like the best, the one I'm the proudest of is uh, my, my server. I have a Spark Ultra 2 server. It's 11 years old, I think, and it runs Debian. I can't remember what I put on there, what, what version of Debian I put on there first. If it was Whatever was before Woody, is it potato? I, I can't. I cannot remember. Bo, I, I, I it escapes me. But it, uh, I installed Debian on it once a long time ago, and have done nothing but upgrade it since then. It's, it's running Lenny now. I've always run the stable version of Debian on this machine because it's my web server. I host my own website from my house, and uh, I have really, really enjoyed this Sparkbox a a lot. It's probably my favorite computer. Uh, not a lot of power. I think it's got dual 450 megahertz uh, processors, and you know because it's a Spark, that doesn't. There's not a direct one to one megahertz translation between you know that and a 386 type of computer. Anyway, that that's my web server, which which I like a lot. I have a uh, a Power PC uh, G4 also running Debian Lenny. Uh, same kind of story. I've had it a long time, and I've run multiple versions of Debian on it, installed once, and upgraded many times after that. Always run the stable version on it as well. It's an IceCast server. Uh, best as I remember, I think I installed IceCast from source, mainly because the Debian version of IceCast didn't uh, stream MP3s. Uh, I use it mainly to stream in AUG, my weather radio, as well as serving as a mirror to a another IceCast server I administer for my church. Uh, next, I have two boxes upstairs that are uh, AMD 64 boxes, old ones. I, I, don't, I don't even remember what model they are. Uh, what speed processor they both have about 2 gig of RAM and they're both running intrepid on them and they used to get a lot of use before I got my laptop uh, but those computers have been moved upstairs and now my two daughters use those mostly and uh, the PowerPC in a, in a, that I spoke about a while ago in addition to it being used for IceCast it's, it's also used uh, as a backup server and my wife uses it to play XMAJ on, on every night uh, I have an NSLU2 that's running Debian Lenny, and I use it 
as a backup server. I run rsync jobs off of it and the PowerPC upstairs to back up my web server and the home directories and a couple of user local directories on all my other computers where, well, not all my other computers, but a lot of the others. Uh, let's see. I have a an HP DV5000 US laptop that is running Intrepid that my 11-year-old daughter is slowly beginning to take over. Uh, she uses it more than I do, but m- most of the time it sits behind the couch with the lid closed in the living room, and it's sort of a file server. I just I, I, I keep stuff there. Uh, I have a OLPC XO laptop running, uh, I guess it's Fedora 10 and the sugar interface. It doesn't get used much at all. Uh, my my six-year-old occasionally uses it. It's behind the couch as well, and I, I have uh, played with it some, not a lot. And I have, uh, what am I leaving out? I've got a couple of Buffalo routers and a Linksys, uh, what, 54GS or GL, the, the Linux variant uh, of the, the, the Linksys router running DDWRT. I know they, they aren't computers, but you can SSH into them, which so technically they're sort of computers. I know I'm leaving one out. I got my ThinkPad. It's a T61, and I'm still running Hardy on it. That's the one I use all the time. Well, my time is split between that one and the, the triple E PC 901 that I have that is running Lenny. Uh, I usually run those side by side and when I need to get up from the desk I'll just uh, reattach a screen session on the triple E and take it with me. And I also have a uh, Nokia N810 which I, is in my pocket at all times and it's running Mamo Linux and I, I do similar things with it. Uh, it's It's not that easy to type on, but but I, I can reattach a screen session there and continue the conversation and, and Harissi. So, uh, good stuff all around. And I think I'm leaving another one out. I've got one that Ken Fallon gave me in the Netherlands that's another backup server. And it is a, uh, I want to say it's an AMD Athlon or something. It's an 800 megahertz machine, I think. That's this running Debian, Lenny, and an Apache web server as well. So it's, it's a mirror to my uh, Spark Ultra 2, as is the PowerPC. I, I have a Apache, the, the Apache instance and the web, website backed up on there as well. Uh, in addition to all that, I have uh, two and a half other Spark Ultra 2s in I guess if you put them all together, I've got one running, but I've not got it, you know, I'm not using it yet. And the other two are just like parts. And I don't think I've, I've left anything out. I've got a work laptop that I won't talk about because it's XP. But I think that's my computers. I don't think I'm leaving any out. I, I administer a couple of other boxes, uh, one, one for church and one, one for a uh, another group. But uh, that that's it, I guess. Okay, and next I was going to mention a movie that I liked, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this on HPR. I know I may have mentioned it in my own podcast, but the movie is from 1973, I think. It's called A Boy and His Dog, and I think it was uh, rated X at the time. Now, I may be getting it confused with two other movies that were released in 1973, The Exorcist and A Clockwork Orange, and they both had X ratings. 
I'm not sure if a boy and his dog did or not, but an X rating in 1973 uh, meant something completely different than an X rating in 2009. So it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. So the the movie rating is is a little irrelevant in that case. But A Boy and His Dog was based off of a Hugo Award-winning short story, if I I recall correctly. I cannot remember the author. Uh, But the movie uh, had Jason Robards and a very young Don Nichols. Don Nichols, that's not his name. (laughs) Hockey puck. Uh, Don Johnson. I think he was about 19. And Don Johnson plays a a boy. He's, he's 19, but that he's the, the boy character in the movie A Boy and His Dog. And he has a dog. And it's post-World War III. Uh, the world is in chaos. And Don Johnson and his dog, who is telepathic, they, they communicate with each other, are traveling across this wasteland, and they're being pursued by... I've forgotten exactly what they are. They're, they're sort of like mutated... Reapers or zombie kind of characters that, that, that you, don't, you don't want to mess with them. So they're running from those guys, and the, the sole purpose of their existence is to get to this place. I think it's called uh, is it New Topeka, maybe? I can't remember. There, there's this mythical place that's supposedly untouched by the war, and they're traveling there. And, of course, their second sole purpose, that's... that's a misnomer, but their their other purpose is to stay alive and, in the process, eat and have sex. So, uh, the boy and his dog sort of work together to accomplish those things and survive, of course, and find this place called New Topeka. I think that's the place they're going to. It, that may not be the place they're searching for, I can't remember, but they end up going to this underground city that may or may not have been called New Topeka, and it's run by Jason Robards. And he's like the mayor, and it's like a utopia underground, but it's real strict, uh, almost pseudo-religious. They, they, they're piping Bible verses over PA systems, and the, they're preoccupied with repopulating the world. And it involves uh, men marrying a you know, hundred women in a ceremony and then... Uh, more or less hooked up to a machine so that women the women can be impregnated and and they end up down there and they they end up Don Johnson ends up you know marrying four or five women multiple women in this weird sort of mechanical ceremony uh, but he escapes uh, and I won't blow the ending but but it is a good movie uh, it's a very interesting movie if you've never seen a boy and his dog check it out okay I think that's gonna wrap it up for this uh, ill-planned episode of Hacker Public Radio. If uh, you don't like hearing this kind of Hacker Public Radio, then why don't you do something about it and record your own? Hacker Public Radio is always in need of contributors, and uh, I'm sure the the community would appreciate your efforts. Okay, uh, tune in again tomorrow for another Hacker Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.